Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Ms. Purrington. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. Please rate and review us on iTunes if you're listening to this podcast now. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, live shows, and now an events page for live shows featuring the best in Austin comedy in all its shapes and formats. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. Today, I am talking to somebody who got a start in San Antonio. So another uh, in the line of people who started out in, in San Antonio. And he's the host and producer of the Border Laughs comedy show at the Santa Cruz Theater, which I'm kind of looking forward to hearing a little bit more about. And he was a 2018 FPIA semifinalist. And that's all I know about him, so I'm really looking forward to learning way more. Uh, please, this is Comedy Wham Presents, our guest, Josh Castro. Hello, hello, how are Hi. you? Hi, <laughs> good. So you have the same problem as I do, because I do a lot of, you know, Google research on my guests. And the problem that, that you have, that I have, is basically our names are like the John Smith of Mexicans. Pretty much. <laughs> so finding anything about you meant, you know, you... Committed a double murder in <laughs> Milwaukee. And no, you didn't. No. <laughs> Did you? Okay, Not that no. I know of. No. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of tricky. And I'm like, well, you know, that's what this conversation is going to be about. We're going to learn and more. <laughs> exactly why I love doing podcasts because it gives you kind of more intimate uh, level on how to get, to, you know, not how to get to know, but getting yeah. to know the person a little bit more in depth right. because social media is so. You know, it, yeah. it, you don't get the full picture. You get no. snapshot theories of, of people's lives, and it's not the full picture. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it is. We do have a common. There's like 50 Josh Castros, but yeah. there's only one. And <laughs> I go by uh, my uh, – that's why I created my fan page, which was just joshandcomedy.com. Right. So. Um, which is which is out there, and I update most of my uh, content on there and, and – and, um, everything on uh, Facebook and try to do a little bit more Instagrams. I post a lot of memes mainly. <laughs> um, and there's, there are dumb memes and there's a, a little strategy behind that because, you know, it's content that's funny. So even though, you know, it's kind of like, nah, it's still like, Hey, it gets your attention uh -huh. and then I'll sneak in my schnoz in between. So yeah. it's kind of like a little ah. strategy. So, well, you're, you're, marketing game is a strong one and it is hilarious to me that you've already like named your website name you've talked about your promo game because that is one of the things that i do know about you between um i know you were doing a show up at the oasis a few years ago and i would see how much you would promote that show and you you and i had a conversation late fall about mm -hmm. your border laugh show mm -hmm. And we had, you know, spurt of conversation and then it was kind of quiet. And then out of the blue, you're like, hey, my border, next Border Laugh show is coming up. Here's the flyer. And I'm like, whoa, I like this. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how I operate. I don't, 
um, I just kind of make moves. Uh-huh. I don't announce a lot. I just kind of just do it. Yeah. Uh, I get tired of kind of like talking about it. I just like, why don't you just do it? Yeah. And so I started off with Oasis back in, and I've been in the comedy scene here in Austin for about nine years. Okay. I did start off in San Antonio, and I started off with, uh, uh, you know, going to the open mics at LOL mm-hmm. in between my semesters in school. So I didn't dedicate a lot of time or, um, you know, structure on how to do comedy or, mm-hmm. well, there's no right or wrong, but right. I mean, the way it worked for me. So I was doing little bits and pieces until I moved to Austin. Um, I, uh, started hitting it pretty hard. And, um, what I've noticed from the transition from San Antonio to Austin is just kind of like, um, the way the comedy, like, Obviously, the comedy is different from San Antonio mm-hmm. to Austin. So I didn't, per se, uh, have a lot of funny stuff at the beginning. <laughs> so, But what I did have was um, a good marketing, a good way, to, hey, you can find me here. Yeah. But my content wasn't really mm. there that matched it up. So I would have a lot of friends that were really interested but then once they saw my, my five minutes, they were just like, well, you should really work on that. <laughs> and that's okay because that's, I think a lot of comics start off that way. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, it just kind of took me a while to kind of figure a couple things out mm-hmm. along the way. And, um, so when I started doing shows, um, you know, I just kind of had this, uh, knack for, for, um, marketing and, and, and getting to, uh, the right avenues. And, mm-hmm. um, my, my business, I have a degree which allows me to kind of think outside the box. So I kind of stick to the business side to it mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. But, um, I do have a degree in psychology with a minor in criminology and I have a master's degree in human services. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And I was, uh, I was studying to go, um, uh, get my doctrine in Mexican American studies. So there's a lot of things that I incorporate that I've learned throughout my years and I've applied it to comedy that's helped me Mm -hmm. in the long run. Yeah. And that's different theories of jokes and like the marketing aspect too. So there's like a lot involved. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, one of my personal beliefs is the more outside interests and activities that you're in Mm -hmm. really add spice and flavor to the comedy that you do you know right. the, the person who's who's always grown up uh, i've had comics like this so I, I, i'm not meaning to pick on them but mm-hmm. comics who the rare breed that were born and raised in austin texas and have never traveled outside they're going to give a different uh comedy set mm-hmm. than the person who has a lot of different experiences. Right. So. And and that's all just experience. It's nothing yeah. that, you know, no one's better than anybody right. else. And it's just more of just say, you have your lane, I have my lane. Yeah. And everybody has their own road to get to where they're at. Yeah. And um, with the success that I, and the failures I've had <laughs> with uh, my shows, I've been able to kind of navigate and figure out, you know, a certain market, which is mm-hmm. why I created Border Laughs. Um, and I... I market um, towards Latinos, and it's uh, the only all Latino show here in Austin, Texas. Uh, Latinx is the, ter- the term that I use. Uh, that's the new term now. Um, but I think also that had to do with that was a lot of self discovery on my part because of the fact that you know coming from San Antonio and transitioning to the comedy and trying to 
relay my message to people that have never understood what it's like to live in a Mexican household. Mm -hmm. So I kind of reintroduce myself every time I go up on stage because appearances are different. <laughs> I look very white. Some, <laughs> yes. yes. We have the same last name, which is Latino. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a border town and a lot of my lifestyles do not um, reflect on how I live now. So it's it's a different way of how, in a sense, I kind of lost myself mm -hmm. along the way trying to do comedy and trying to do different things that didn't make sense to myself. So what the purpose of me starting Borderlast was kind of give that outlook and that platform for other comedians that are coming up as well and portraying a lot of comedians that necessarily don't get a lot of spotlight mm -hmm. that are really funny and yeah. and that I have worked with for years and I'm just like well how come there's there's no outlet for that you right. know I grew up on um a show called Que Locos and Que Locos was one of the first foundations started by Mark Robles and a couple of uh, comedians from Los Angeles and they were the first Latino showcase that ever did it. Hmm. And they would show it late at night, you know, when uh, after BET, uh -huh. you know, really late nights. And it wouldn't get a lot of play, but there were so hilarious, some of the hilarious comedians that are here today, like Fluffy, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Gabriel Iglesias. You know, he started off back then yeah. doing Que Locos. Mike Robles was another established Puerto Rican comedian. He started Que Locos, also is actually doing still shows in, in, in San Antonio and in, in L.A. And so I learned from a very young age that little outlet of, you know, hey, there's a little thing for us, yeah. you know, that in, in punchlines would be in Spanish. So it was relatable to me and yeah. I can understand, you know, what they were saying. And so I kind of um, held on to that ever since I was young. And um, when I started doing comedy, and, you know, I was just kind of incorporating a little bit of that information, the little culture in there mm -hmm. and, 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 um, and bringing that to the forefront. And what I've discovered is just a lot of people are just not really knowledgeable about the regional area here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to segregate anybody, but if somebody has, no matter where I've gone, there's always somebody that can relate to my story. Or somebody that can relate to, hey, I have a family member who's married into the Mexican family, so I get the culture, I mm -hmm. get the references. And it's a lot of self-discovery, too. And it's like, oh, well, I remember this back home. I'm trying to make a joke out of it, but somebody else from here to California can relate because we're all from the border over there. Right. So it's kind of like a, a lifestyle that's different from Texas. It's different from... Uh, the, uh, a way of life that's separate from uh, a lot of different uh, areas that you would find comedy. So it's kind of like a little knack that I, I kind mm -hmm. of um, went into. Okay. Yeah. So, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> you have given me the Cliff Notes version of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually have an official icebreaker question. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you my icebreaker question, and then we're going to go pick and tease some of these elements that you've just shared with okay, me as sure. like the outline of of your life definitely all right so let's start with the icebreaker question which is one word to describe your past oh wow complicated complicated <laughs> okay very complicated um so one of the things that i do know about you is you're from el paso correct 
and you grew up all through high school? There? Correct. So, uh, yeah. So it's so funny. Um, I grew up. Uh, I grew up from El Paso, uh, from a downtown area. It's an area called Segundo Barrio. Okay. Segundo Barrio is a um, one of the poorest districts in the nation. The, by the time when I was growing up, I looked at research and I looked back at it, and it was equivalent to like Bronx in the eighties. So there was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of time, and and the city of El Paso was not cleaning up a lot of stuff at the time. So <clears throat> I grew up very poor. I grew up with uh, a lot of gang culture, a lot of um, negativity. Yeah. Um, my, my mom was a single mother with three kids. Mm. And so a lot of my comedy stems from a lot of my coping mechanisms from back then. Because, you know, growing up in that environment, I didn't understand a lot of things. Yeah. So the only way we coped was humor. Yeah. So if I can make my mom laugh... <laughs> You know, and I can tease about certain things. And, uh, you know, that's how we coped with our surroundings. So comedy has always kind of been part of my life. I just didn't know how to apply it. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm older and I'm learning and I'm kind of retracing back and kind of going back where I come from as far as, you know, um, El Paso and and bringing that lifestyle to to mm-hmm. to play, yeah. And and uh, yeah, so it, it's pretty complicated. Um, I did grow up um, with uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, there's my dad's side was musicians, hmm. so a lot of talent was on my dad's side. My mom was very more traditional family, um, very traditional Mexican um, background. And my my dad's side, uh, my my cousin actually um, grew up with the the main guitarist for the band Ministry. Oh no way! Yeah, Whoa. and so yeah, he, yeah, he passed away in 2017, and I did not know that oh. until I went to this funeral and I met the guy from <laughs> Ministry. And so it's these roots that I have that I just never really dove into because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just life gets in the way. You try to educate and better yourself, but you don't stop and smell the roses per se. My brother, I ended up uh, actually going to school with Omar and uh, Cedric from the Mars Volta. And the Mars Volta is a very big psychedelic band that's okay. here. They're from El Paso huh. too. So they went down to the lower valley. They're mainstream. So like there, there's yeah. like a lot of talent from back home that just, is there and it's just not being you know recognized right. you know and i don't know the reason but um i would love to like go back and kind of expose some of that and, you know and 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 uh relay where i come from and how how much uh the the city and i've been in austin in and out of my whole life my brothers lived out here and he lives in pflugerville okay. and it's always been weird because there's always been this connection to comedy with me my brother started out here 18 years old i was about seven so he would bring me out here to austin back and forth so it gave me a window of how other people lived outside of the border town because all i knew was the border town yeah that's all i knew and it turned out that um my brother was actually roommates with a very well-known comedian here in Austin, Austin uh, Brian Garr. Oh. Uh, they were really oh good gosh. friends. 
Wow. Yeah. So him and my brother, <laughs> I knew Brian Gar before he started doing comedy. Oh my gosh. So there's like wow. a, a lot of roots here that yeah. I've had here, but I've never really stopped and really mm-hmm. thought about like, oh yeah, you know, that's I, my cousin played from, you know, with, yeah. uh, grew up with the guy from ministry, <laughs> ministry. Oh yeah. My brother went to school with the Mars Volta. Oh yeah. Brian Gar was a roommate too. So these things were just kind of like always there. I just never really yeah. picked at them, you know. Yeah. So th- this is one thing that I can also relate to is, mm-hmm. is the, the Mexican family and almost without fail, when I when I ask, you know, what's an early comedic memory mm-hmm. with the the I don't know, if, I guess I I have to use Latinx. I need mm-hmm. to use Latinx now. With all of my Latinx comics that I've talked to, it's always well in my family. You know, that's always how it starts, and I can certainly relate to that. That's exactly not that not that I'm saying I'm funny, but I know that from my family mm-hmm. and my dad uh, and his Mexican family, it was always just a riot fest right have gatherings so exactly what was uh what was a a early comedic memory that you have and then fast forward to given that you're growing up in this environment where Mm -hmm. family is always about you know busting chops and trying to make somebody laugh Mm -hmm. why and what motivated you to actually get on a stage to do comedy Wow, that's a good that's a good question. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts to yeah. that one, but I think it, it boils down to my family, and it boils down to uh, you know I was raised by by women, uh, mm. very strong headed Latina women, <laughs> and um, you know and, and these terms that we're using now, it, it, I don't like them mm. personally. I don't like the term Latino. I don't like Hispanic. I don't like Mexican. I don't like. I am who I am. Yeah. You know, call me whatever you want. And it's not a big deal. I speak Spanish. I speak, you know, English. I'm educated and I know and I've worked in the back of a kitchen. So, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't matter uh, what what you call me. Um, and, but on top of that, it's my mother's family and, um, were that basically raised me and I was raised by a lot of Latina women. So I, I, once I was, it, it was hard to make my grandmother laugh sometimes because my grandmother, it was a very stern woman, you know, and, and I would just resonate about the arguments that would happen in my household uh-huh. and between my mom and my grandmother and, and, you know, just like, stay out of my business, Arcella. You don't know what the hell, like, <laughs> and it was situations that were just like, man, these are just dumb, funny situations that don't make any sense. Uh-huh. And so it, a lot of those situations stemmed from, um, uh, my, like my comedy stems from those situations and trying to, you know, replicate how, how it was growing up from, for me and, uh, kind of finding that struggle of how our family survived through a lot of tragic stuff that happened. And so, you know, comedy plus tragedy, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's where it's at. So how I started in San Antonio and I started going to a couple open mics and, just to watch or I to watch first okay and then I start I kind of studied it and I and I started looking around and you know I was like when I first started I, I, I got up on stage and I, I said really a really dumb joke mm-hmm. and I noticed that you know what I don't have a lot of life experiences to really kind of portray anything uh-huh. funny so 
I ended up doing a lot of life experiences and uh, going to college and, 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 and having fun and having some situations that happened until I moved to Austin. And is when I started really kind of um, going to the mics and understanding like how, how, what the comics were saying that was so funny and what made them funny. Mm -hmm. And I started to notice that, you know, um, I was trying, I was trying to be funny too, the same way. I was like, you know, I think, I think I can do this. Um, however, I don't know if this is right, but I'm going to just throw it out or not. So, it was a lot of discouraging at first, but then I kept going and I kept going and I, and I kept on studying how other comics that I liked and that I saw and, and, and seeing what they were doing and how their writing process mm -hmm. was, um, was kind of uh, formulated. Uh, a lot of. Can, can I jump in? Yeah. And, Cause I want to, I want to know more about that first time you were on stage. Okay. I don't necessarily hear, need to hear the dumb joke that okay, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you did, but I want to get a sense for that night. You, you said that you, you went to watch a few open mics before mm -hmm. you, you actually went up. And I actually want to go to what prompted you to ah. start with that. And then I want to know about what was it like on stage? Okay. And what was it like when you walked off the stage? Got it. Got it. Sorry. I'm like all over the no, place. No, that's fine. <laughs> this, is, this is my job. I redirect. But no, then, yeah, know. it's good. No, it's good. Um, so I, I think I was at LOL um, one of the first times. And um, I was joking around with a couple buddies from San Antonio I'm still very good friends with. Uh -huh. And these guys don't do comedy at all. They don't know anything about you know what i go through uh -huh. <laughs> um but at the same time it was just like hey um you're pretty funny you should really go up on oh. stage and i was like nah these i don't i don't have the you know i don't think i have the the the, the grit for it yeah at the time so i was like all right you know what it's in between semesters i'm done with my you know my semester i got two more weeks till school let's just try it out okay so I'm there and, uh, I bought a Dos Equis beer and, uh, <laughs> I was at LOL club and, uh, I remember a couple comics going up there that are still doing comedy today. Okay. And, uh, they were just starting off too. So like the same guys that I saw there it was really good flourishing, seeing them do really well. And I, I just remember getting these butterfly feelings. And then at the same time, I had this other thought in my head was well, like, you know what? Nobody really knows me here. So it was like a, it was a part fearless, part scared situation. Yeah. And the fearless just took her, took over. And I was just like, you know what? Nobody knows me here. It's <laughs> like, I was, sekis. yeah. And it was like, it was like, and I lived like literally not too far away. So it's like, oh man, they're going to see me in public at HEB or something. But at the time frame, it was just like, I was thinking like, well, this is a different city. Nobody knows uh -huh. me. I can, I can say these dumb jokes. And, and I did it. I went up there and, um, my, my joke at the time, was when people are dressing their Dos Equis beers uh -huh. with the lime and salt. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's a South Texas thing. Yeah. And I was trying to replicate a joke where it just looks stupid. Somebody licking the beer, <laughs> the side of the beer. Uh -huh. And I dropped the beer on stage. And then people gave me that pity clap. Like, oh, oh good job. Thank, you know, and I was just like, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> But that was like my first joke, uh -huh. and one of my friends saw me, and he's like, "You did it, you did it," <laughs> and I was like, "No, I didn't." And then after that, I just kind of let the fearlessness take over and just started going back up, uh -huh. and um, 
just started going back up, you know, and I would just not, I'd just be relentless. And at the time I had just finished, uh, why I hit it so hard in Austin is at the time I had went to school for about eight years straight and I was done with school. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I did it because I needed to take care of myself and be, you know, uh, take care of that and get out of the way. I wanted to do that. And I wanted to finally get to do what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do comedy. So I started going up to the open mics here and I started having the same, you know, trying to do the same thing and just relearning basically how to kind of structure a joke and how to like write it out. And it's just trial and error, trial and error. And I got discouraged so many times, you know, I've gotten, you know, my last name at the bottom of the list, you know, I, I went to, you know, went to guest spots and I've done a lot of free work. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it is when right. you first start off. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and it was a process to get where I'm at today. And, um, you know, we have our first, uh, we've, we've had our second sold out show and hopefully we're going to be selling out our next show this mm -hmm. coming up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it, it, it took a long way but yeah that getting over that fear and just sticking with it yeah so we're gonna go backwards again mm -hmm. because one of the things i enjoyed in my conversation with george anthony who mm -hmm. moved from san antonio to austin is the compare contrast right. of the two comedy scenes so let's i want to hear josh castro's take on the compare contrast between the San Antonio and Austin you know, scenes. You know, it's very it's very different. I think it has to do more with the city. Mm -hmm. And because of the fact that Austin is such it's 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 so big and it's it has you can find anything literally you want to do in Austin. <laughs> yeah. If you like bats. <laughs> if you like Dungeon and Dragons. There's, oh yes. I mean, I I don't understand it. I don't. I mean, it's fun. Like, and that's why I loved Austin when I first came when I was a kid. There's something for somebody. Yeah. And San Antonio just doesn't have that market. Mm -hmm. So I I you know, and one of the first things I started doing when I came out here to Austin was studying the mics. But I didn't go up on stage. I just looked at who came to the show. Mm. I started studying like, okay, well, there's a bunch of hipsters here, you know, and they like that stuff. And these guys like this stuff over here and a little bit more liberal crowd here. So I started studying more of the huh. crowds versus the actual comedians first yeah. and understanding that market. And then once I started doing that, then I kind of figuring out, um, okay, you know, uh, these jokes I think would work. And I mm -hmm. started formulating jokes that were kind of not relative to that particular crowd, but it was more, there's jokes that I can do in San Antonio that wouldn't work here in Austin. So then I started developing two sets. Huh. So it just added more to my re repertoire yeah. and more to my ammo that I can shoot out. So now, and the fact that I don't think it's a bad thing that two scenes are different, I think it's a good thing yeah. because it allows you to kind of explore those avenues and build on your own thing. And I love both scenes. Uh, they're just different. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio has a lot of musicians. It's a big music city. It's a big um, basketball sports city. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those people are catered to those type of type of events. 
um, musicians are very, you know, open-minded and allow the comedians to go up at the mics before, you know. Mm. So things like that, it's it's a very community, very kind of thing. Everybody's kind of all in it. You're in an entertainment business. All right, cool, come on. Uh -huh. Here it's very separated. Okay, right. there's the comics and then there's the musicians over there. You don't mingle with <laughs> each other. But over there is a little co-mingling, which, yeah. you know, works for that city, you know, and, uh, and, and the material too. Uh, material is different. Um, a lot of people like blue collar, you know, blue material, um, sometimes over there. Um, and then versus here in Austin, they wouldn't really kind of like any of that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like a little balancing game that I've developed between doing this for so long and going back and forth to San Antonio and Austin. And my sister lives there, so I'm always... Mm -hmm in san antonio and my wife's from there so i'm always going back and forth yeah. to san antonio it's my second home i yeah. consider but um yeah it's definitely a knack to work out there and uh and one of the things i did learn from anthony is you know how how funny he is and then from san antonio yeah. as well you know and uh it's great to see him you know be successful down there and then be successful here right. as well, just like Raul Sanchez. And mm -hmm. and so I think they're standing out from a lot of other people because they had that experience right. in San Antonio where you're not able to uh, reach some of those crowds that you're able to get here. So mm -hmm. that's also a different form of exposure that he's doing here, which is really great to see him uh, do what he does yeah. and I've seen him doing it for years so, yeah. <laughs> so it's great to, to see him and he's he's actually coming up on Border Labs on my schedule so. ah okay so, yeah. make a road trip for that one yeah too. so yeah <laughs> yeah I'll definitely have to get that one on my calendar because uh, my son who by by default, I'm grooming him to be a comedy fan. Okay, yeah. And George is one of his favorites. Yes. In, in the scene. Yes. We got to see him. Okay, I don't. I don't mean to turn this into the George Anthony <laughs> podcast, no, no, but no, no. we got my. I think one of my absolute favorite comedy moments. You know, if I have to pick top ten, twenty, because uh, there have been so many, is watching him tell one single dumb story. For his headlining set at Punch. So it was like, I don't know, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's one single dumb story. And my son was with me. And it was just the best thing to watch somebody who's able to do that. Yeah. And yeah, speaking to what he learned by really working with a crowd that... The way he described the San Antonio crowds is you have to work a lot harder. Because exactly. in Austin, we're very, by and large... The Austin comedy audience mm -hmm. is very generous and they're very encouraging. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not good for a comic. <laughs> but in San Antonio, probably because of that, you know, you've got the competing sports. Right. Uh, I used to live in San Antonio, mm -hmm. so I can speak from my own experience. San Antonio is very focused on family. Right. Which means they're very, you know, focused on that. They're focused on the Spurs. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. So... You're going to try to make me laugh? Right, what? You're right. crazy. <laughs> so they're hard to, you know, win over. Exactly. And the same goes for El Paso as well. Because mm. even between the times that I was traveling from, uh, you know, San Antonio, Austin, I'd always go back home to El Paso uh -huh. to do a couple of shows out there as well. And I've noticed the same thing out huh. there. So it was even, even more, it was a more of a challenge yeah. out there because... 
people just don't want to come out because yeah. of the weather. I was like, you got sports over there. El Paso just like, ah, it's too hot. Yeah. It's like, it's too cold. I was like, Jesus. I mean, I've performed at uh, people's backyards in El Paso uh-huh. and like, you know, and people's, uh, uh, you know, living rooms and uh-huh. with comics that, you know, cut the same teeth in the stages that I go yeah. to. So, but their hustle is even harder. Yeah. So that's why I want to bring those guys from Laredo and from, and, and incorporate those yeah. type of talent to, to show everybody that hey we got something going on that's different than everywhere else and that's what i'm trying to do with border laughs and 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 take those experiences and take those those things that people that grew up with and try to you know uh make that relatable for everybody and have you know on common ground Mm -hmm. and a lot of things that i noticed with a lot of comedians coming up too is that um they it sometimes they just don't sound like themselves you know it's like if they don't cooperate you know i want to hear about your mom and yeah. i want to hear yeah there's different ways about you know everybody has a chancla joke everybody has this type of joke that's per se hispanic or, but mm-hmm. it's your experience i want to hear your experience yeah. and that's what i'm trying to do with border laughs and that's the market that i'm going for for people that are from that area that can relate and people that can relate to those type of cultural mm-hmm. differences and well i didn't understand this when i was growing up but it's funny now you know yeah. and it's one of those things that i kind of um uh expand on yeah and it you're you're i have not been to a show so mm-hmm. i can't this is my impression of what going <laughs> to your show is probably like yeah everybody can relate to a family story. Correct. And if it's well told with lots of tags and lots of humorous elements, everybody loves a family story. Correct. And I'm I'm not saying that every show is a family story because then that would really be putting a box on right. what uh, Mexican comics are capable of doing. Uh, but that, you know, by... It is a bias of mine mm-hmm. that one of the things that I love about the handful of Mexican comics that I can rattle off in my brain, the things that I love about their skills is the way they tell a family story. Correct. So everybody has a family, and so I should be bored of a family story. But I'm not because there's something about how you live through that family story Correct. and the way that you've built your comedy skills to tell that comedy story that's really entertaining correct and that's all i'm trying to do with border lass and the reason why i call it border lass is because i'm from the border (laughs) (laughs) and i named this show before all this political stuff that was happening so like people were like border lass how degrading it's like no it's (laughs) you know no please don't take it that way we're just doing comedy out here and it's all it it is all relative to people's experiences growing up and that's what i'm trying to kind of portray and those are the kind of comics I look for. Um, whether um, it's in Spanish or in English, people still get the references. Right. I've had people that come up to me and be like, you know what? I don't know what you said, but that was hilarious. <laughs> I got what you – I understood what uh-huh. it meant, but I don't know what it means. Mm. Yeah. But that's okay because the message was relayed. Yeah. And that's how I learn, um, you know, when I learned Spanish, my Spanish is very mixed. It's very Spanglish. <laughs> so it was, I was educated on the streets. I did not learn how to properly speak Spanish. Yeah. So when I finally taught, was taught proper Spanish, this Spanish was not from here. Mm. It was from Spain. 
And so there's a lot of regional cultural differences that you wouldn't understand unless you lived here in this region mm -hmm. or in a region similar to California where there are also border towns up there. So it's a unique type of um, niche that only certain people are going to understand. And that's the thing that I think is a problem is, um, you know, we're not able to give people that type of platform to kind of portray that and fully understand. Then we have the negative stereotypes mm -hmm. then we have you know oh well they only do this type of humor or this no come to our shows yeah talk to us figure out how we are let's let's mend those those differences because that's the only way we're going to progress forward yeah yeah when what was the first show that you hosted and what motivated you to to host and produce a show um i think i started up in cedar park mm. i think i did a um barbershop show okay I think that was one of the first successful shows I had, and this was uh, at a barbershop show up in Cedar Park, and uh, I, I, I was my first self-run type of show, and uh, it, what I learned from that experience was um, the venues. The venues have to be really on board mm -hmm. with what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, if they just kind of treat you, ah, you know... We can get anybody, you know, okay, we'll get anybody yeah. because this is the type of comedy that I bring. So the, if the venue's not on board, if they're not willing to invest in you, then there's no really successful show. Mm. And that's, I think that's also what makes Border Laughs very successful is that we have Santa Cruz Theater that is very, um, a cultural arts theater that's very in tune to this uh, Austin community. And uh, they're very on board of what I'm doing because of my mission and what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. So they see my vision yeah. and they're all for it. Um, not every venue is going to be that. Right. Not every bar is going to be like, yeah, we can hire somebody else for cheaper, you know. Right. But that's not what I'm doing. And so um, when I started doing that show, it was very successful. Uh, and then it got unsuccessful. No. <laughs> uh, but the reason I think also, too, I learned is booking as well com comedians um, because, you know, I look at, I look at it from a, a fan's perspective as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna pay ten dollars for a comedy show that where somebody is talking about something that's just not so offensive right. or just it's just way out of the water that should only belong at open mics. Yeah. I mean, not not to say that there's. Not stuff that's not that funny, but you have to be really good to kind of yeah. <laughs> get those some of those jokes out and bring and, your A game dick jokes, right? Not your yeah, you yeah. Know. <laughs> so I learned that a lot with a lot of comics, and they it, it kind of uh, okay. Uh, I <laughs> it's played see. out. Yeah, I, I get it. So there, it, it, I learned from that, and then also I also I learned too how much. The comics that I had on those shows, how much they flourish in so much now, and they learn from my show as well, uh -huh. you know. And I, I've heard, you know, comics that, you know, hey, thanks for putting me on. You know, I really, you know, this was, a, you know, experience, yeah. and like they don't want to do it again, or they <laughs> just, or they just want to be like, okay, well, you know, they'll come back and they'll do another show where there's, you know, mm -hmm. a, a better outcome or. Or it's gone more momentum, more momentum. But you see the differences in the comics as well, as far as you know their skill level, you know, and, and able to to uh, kind of rise above it, mm -hmm. you know, and and 
and it was an untraditional place to do comedy. Yeah. You know, I think I think there's only one comedy and that that concept actually people took that concept and started applying it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends from Arizona is like, hey, man, we're going to do a comedy show at a barbershop. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> so that was like one of the biggest things is like I was able to kind of do that. And uh-huh. it was able to like at least give some type of inspiration to other people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not inspiration, but like ideas. I'm like, hey, maybe we can do this here. So, I mean, that's cool. I mean, it's not... You know, it, it it was uh, it was fun while it lasted, yeah. and I I learned from it. It wasn't a bad experience, uh-huh. but I, I did learn a lot. And then you hosted a few more. I hosted a few more. I started hosting. Um, hosting is, and that's one of the things I wanted to learn as far as the aspect of comedy because hosting is a totally different ball game. Yeah, and um, there are people just host, and that's it. Yeah, that's all they do. I I felt like my personality wasn't that good enough to host. <laughs> I I can be a little uh, short sometimes, mm. but I don't mean to. It's just sometimes if I meet so many people and they're not serious about what they do, then it's just so oh, I don't I don't I don't if I don't see them often, then it's just kind of one time they come in in the scene, they come out. So yeah. it's very hard for me to kind of relate to a lot of comics that are probably new uh, unless I've seen them after a couple times. Mm-hmm. So um so uh that's one of the things I wanted to kind of overcome with hosting was just kind of be a little bit more personable, more likable and try to um focus on that aspect of the comedy game versus just telling jokes, right. you know, and it's a different knack that not a lot of people are able to do and I'm not successful with doing it all the time. There's times where I've hosted and it's just like Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and bring up your next comic. Um, this has been a treat for me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those. It's not going to sell anybody, Josh. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's, it's like, okay, I did the hosting thing and it's, 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 uh, it's a skill set and it's something mm-hmm. that you always, and I still put in hosting situations too. So I don't, I mean, I can do, um, hosting, I can do feature, I do different things, but doing those shows have uh, taught me how to kind of uh, navigate my comedy through somebody who's sitting in the crowd, has their arm crossed, mm-hmm. and has nothing to offer other than yeah. their look on their face. Yeah. And if I can get them to crack a smile, then my job is done. Yeah, and my 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 whole attention gets fixated on that person and i try hard and try hard Uh everybody else is laughing around them except that (laughs) one guy and i'm that's who i focus on yeah and that's kind of how i treat my hosting game if there's somebody that's not engaged get them engaged yeah and uh you know i'll do little stuff with the crowd you know like you know, little wordplay with the crowd, you know, hey, how's this? Just joshing, you know, and that's kind of like what I do all the time. Uh-huh. Why I post a lot of jokes online, I, I and, and they're just random thoughts um, that help me, punchlines that kind of like formulate to bigger things. Mm-hmm. But, um, the and, and the reason why I post so many jokes is because I got tired of people just posting sad stuff. Mm. You know, everybody posts politics, everybody wants to post this and that, you know, what? I'm just going to post jokes 
regardless of what you think. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to post jokes. And those jokes, are, uh, and they, they allow to get my brain thinking, you know, and get my mindset out of, you know, like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. You know, I understand there's a lot of stuff in the world. I'm not here to fix anything. I yeah. just want to make people laugh pretty much. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. So Border Laughs is a monthly ish it's a monthly <laughs> show yeah monthly ish um i do have some dates that i uh black out due to just the history of austin mm. um due to the fact of you know um moon tower comedy festival yeah. um uh, the big events south by southwest um those tend to take over the city yeah and it's and i've and i've done shows during those time frames before and what i've learned from that is not to do shows <laughs> during those time frames <laughs> and uh so i don't I, I i'm skipping march and april uh for border last but we're coming back in may and um so with may we'll be starting off with our uh summer showcase and we'll be doing two shows a month ah. for just for the summer uh-huh and so, and then we'll probably come back um, in, into the winter months, um, August, September, uh, September, see how it kind of mm -hmm. feels. We may skip August um, just due to like back to school and yeah. a lot of stuff goes on there too. Yeah. And uh, I found uh, the successful rate of my shows is um, doing them in seasons and volumes. Hmm. So that's why I, I number them volume one, volume uh -huh. two. That way the, they're, they're going to be different months, but they're a series of uh -huh. shows that um, I'm trying to produce out there. So. so when did you officially launch the show? I officially launched it in May of 2019, I believe. Okay. So it's been a year yeah. almost. Uh, yeah, May 24th was our first show. And we've uh, featured a couple comedians from Dallas and uh, El Paso. Here in Austin, we uh, we uh, showcased Luis Flandes, uh, mm. Austin's uh, yeah. golden boy, yeah. and uh, a couple uh, San Antonios from San uh, comics from San Antonio as well. So we've had uh, yeah throughout the month. Throughout, yeah, we'll be having for May will be our first anniversary show. Oh, that's awesome! So that's the one I'm I'm uh, planning for and, and and looking forward to. And the Santa Cruz Theater is where? Santa Cruz Theater is uh, 1805 7th Street, East 7th Street, okay. which is um, uh, kind of where the little hipster bars are at, like okay. close to Hotel Vegas area. Okay. So okay. it's around that block area. And um, it's the only cultural arts theater that's kind of left because around the area has been so gentrified. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that. Um, I worked with that theater for a number of years before Border Laughs. So I've done shows, but the renovation that they've done to that building has been so wonderful. Mm. There's so much. Uh, it's an art gallery as well. They put in a cafe. I mean, there's so much things there that they're doing um, and that they uh, provide uh, dance companies on uh, a, a platform. Uh -huh. uh, any cultural arts theater, and they're, uh, they're really good at, at mm -hmm. um um, what a great partnership! Yes, for you know the community, despite the gentrification, right? And then offering a space for artists. Correct. Yeah, yeah and that's pretty much their family's been there for a while, and um, that's pretty much what they wanted to keep. You know, mm -hmm. as far as you know, keeping that culture there. Yeah. And it, I specifically so to, uh, chose that area for that reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you're 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 on the the heels of a one year anniversary of the show. So what 
What are some painful lessons you've learned? What are some great lessons that you've learned from hosting this show? Or not just hosting, sorry. Mm -hmm. Hosting, producing the mm. show. Well, like I said, um, you're going to have this show. Everybody's experience is going to be different than mine. Because mm -hmm. a lot of things that I've noticed here is that I, I don't have the same weapons that a lot of other shows have. And when I say that, I mean I don't have... Um, a lot of exposure. I'm not, my show is not listed in the Chronicle. My show is not, everything is funded by me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's no sponsorship for these shows. Everything I'm doing is pretty much, um, by myself and uh, a handful of other people that are helping me. Um, but, um, what I've noticed is that doing the shows is you're going to take a lot of losses. And, um, you're going to, you're, you're going to take, it, it's going to take a while to be, um, to get it where you want it. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> so it, it's hard for me to relay that type of information because of the fact that I just do things a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, I just put a little bit more hustle. Um, I want, I focus on the quality of the show mm -hmm. versus the quantity of how many comics I can get on. I focus on the content of the show. I focus on the atmosphere. There's so many elements that I incorporate, but I, div I divide my time to each section to make it sure that it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's just me because that's how I operate. Yeah. Um, but um, there's been a lot of failures. Uh, there's been a lot of things that I've learned from as far as one of the things was the marketing, when to market, mm -hmm. how to market, um, what platforms am I using, what uh, groups am I looking at as far as what am I, who am I targeting? And one of the things that I learned from Oasis doing, which was at a brewery, is that I targeted a lot of brewery groups. Uh, brewery, uh, Facebook groups, mm -hmm. things like that. Anybody that was interested in drinking beer. <laughs> so I've taken that element and applied it to different forms of different avenues and basically networking with people and sitting down and talking to them one-on-ones, going to businesses and finding out who the people that are, who am I targeting for my show? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, people like me and, you know, people that are working nine to five, you know, things like that. Uh, and that's kind of like how I approached it. And, and, um, it, it, there's a lot of different things that, um, that were successful that didn't work. I mean, that were successful that did work and that just cost me too much money. And then there were things that didn't work and they didn't, that did work and they didn't cost me anything at all. Mm. So it kind of was like, okay, am I going to pay somebody to do a flyer? Am I going to learn how to do this myself? Oh. So things like that, and then, and then it's like okay, the quality of the flyer, or like you know, quality of. So I'm I'm looking at different things, and there are so many small elements that I incorporate into my shows that uh, make it what it is right now, and um, that's what yeah. I try to focus on. What's beyond the horizon? Oh, um, I'm gonna continue to work, um, work on my, uh, my show. Um, I would like to be the beacon here for Latinos to come here and, mm -hmm. and perform and, uh, get to know the scene as well. Not just through me, um, mm -hmm. uh, but also incorporate other shows that are going around and find out what Austin also has to offer. Um, and I think it's, a, a, a great because it, it, it also, um, formulates a lot of bridges from people that might not know or might not be familiar. Um, and like I said, that might have some family that, you know, can have, um, 
some relation to the show, you know? Yeah. And so uh, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to uh, get to is just expanding, um, and making it more, um, uh, having some more shows, um, not just doing Border Last, but also, uh, different types of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to do like, um, uh, censored shows where they're just kind of blue material. Mm-hmm. Um, not, nothing too racy or anything like that, but it gives an opportunity for people to be comfortable and not be so caught up in the PC culture per right. se. And it's, and I'm, it's a very fine line. Um, but I think when I'm out and I'm looking at other comedians, I kind of look for those things. And so there's, uh, certain things that I see in, in comedians. And I think they would be really great for that show mm-hmm. and, and give them an opportunity to shine and express and, and opens the door for different comedians to, to come and try out their skill sets. Yeah. So I'll, I'll make a little plug here and advocate because, uh, you may have missed this little uh, period in history, but for mm-hmm. a while there was a show called The Damn Dirty Filthy Show. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. Damn Dirty. F- it sounds familiar. So it was hosted by Martin Urbano. Yes. You know, praise Martin to the nth degree. I love him. And I hate that I can't remember his co-host at the time. Uh, I want to say it was Elizabeth. No, it was Martin and Abby Rosenquist. Oh, okay. Then they handed off. The the hosting duties, I'm giving way too much history. No, no, that's okay. Uh, then they handed off the duties to Elizabeth and I think it was Derek Copswell was her co-host, I think. Mm-hmm. And then sadly, because it was, and it was hosted at like what you would think a show like that would be hosted in, mm-hmm. like this just grungy little bar off of uh, Guadalupe Street. And sadly, the bar turned over, and they ended the show. Mm. And I, uh, maybe by appearance, I, f- I seem like I would like only the prim and proper comedy. Mm-hmm. I really, really think any thriving scene needs a show like that. Correct. And I loved going to that show uh, because it was interesting to see who stepped up and did the filthy shit mm-hmm. and who was like, I can't do the filthy stuff. I'm just going to do my set. Exactly. So uh, I have always advocated for that show to come back. And recently, uh, Crystal Cancino, and I hate that I have forgotten who her co-host is. It might be Candace. There's a ch- chance it's Candace Medina. Um, have done a pop-up at the Valve with the iter- next oh, iteration okay. of the Damn Dirty Filthy show. And uh, I want I want that show. I want a show like that in the scene because I think it is necessary. Yes, and it also gives uh, comics an opportunity to uh, – it gives me an opportunity because I look back at my material and I'm like, I don't have a lot of dirty stuff. <laughs> and I've, I've been asked to do a dirty show. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got no, I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I don't think I have anything. Yeah. So it really kind of gave me an opportunity to kind of develop that skill set as well. Mm-hmm. And so if I if I'm having trouble with this, I imagine how many other comics would have trouble yeah. with this because we have the saturation of a lot of comedians now that are just doing those kind of PC shows, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really. Um, uh, develop a different skill set. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. If you want to stay with that, that's yeah. cool. There's a market for it. Right. But there's also a market here. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to try to allocate is different forms of 
of of of areas right. and and those are the areas that I'm kind of plugging into. Yeah. There are people out there that do want to hear that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't care about being offended. Right. You know, okay, that's cool and yeah. Come on, let's bring it. And like why want, why wouldn't we want to offer that, right. you know? And and also there's a thin line to it because, you know, you have to really kind of thin out the comedian and listen to him and figure out, okay, is that offensive mm -hmm. or if this is really hateful crap? Right. So there <laughs> yes. is a fine line. So it, 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 it's a development. It's a development all under the comedian. Right. And yeah. it's a development also within myself that I'm trying to do as well and kind of weave through those mm -hmm. those gardens. Yeah. And like you learned from performing in San Antonio, performing in El Paso, performing in Austin, you realize it, you have to cater to different audiences sometimes Correct. and learn from that experience. And mm. you don't, I, big believer in you don't become good at what you do if you always do the same thing every single time. Correct. You have to push yourself. And and I'm guilty of the, the opposite of that. I want to go into the clubs and do those type of jokes uh -huh. too so it's it's given me a different avenue to not only work on this but also fine-tune those jokes already and put them in a cleaner set so it's mm. more club worthy so yeah. that's also a transition for me too as well because i also want to get into uh you know cap city sure. i do want to work with velveta and i want to mm -hmm. work with more of the scene here and those are the things that i'm focusing on as well too mm. Um, but also provide that outlet for other comedians to do that as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to make sure people know about you? Um, no. Um, if, if, uh, I guess, um, if people see me out and I don't talk to you or something like that, <laughs> I'm not being jerk. I, <laughs> I have a visual problem of my diabetes and I don't oh. see people sometimes. And sometimes I'm just not um, mentally there. I'm <laughs> focusing on my set. So I may uh, come off as a jerk mm. and I'm not trying to be. Um, but that's, I guess that's one of the things that, um, if you have a question, just come up to me and talk to uh -huh. me. Um, I don't do social media a lot. I just, do jokes on social media yeah. and i am a person you can come talk to me <laughs> and I, I don't have any problem with it so <laughs> this is the uh the taylor dowdy effect because uh that was something that came up in in his interview mm -hmm. is this perception that people have of him being very closed off and like he doesn't want to be talked to he's just a, and uh through the interview i realized oh that's for him it's personality that you know he just yeah likes certain people in his circle and especially with as much turnover as there is in the comedy scene you know you might see an open micer a couple of times and then you never see them again exactly so. and that's kind of where i'm at too and yeah. and no offense to taylor or anything like yeah. that but and, and and that's uh, that's just how people operate and that's kind of how i operate but there's not one thing that i don't you know i'm very open-minded yeah. Um, I'm big on supporting a lot of Latinas in my show. Um, I, I try to get uh, corporated Latina in, every, in all of my shows. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm big on that. Um, and I, I'm big on um, uh, uh, um, just open-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very open-minded. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, that is uh, it almost. 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 We have... A closing question. Okay. Are you wonderful. ready? Yes, let's do it. One word to describe your future. Wow. Um, one word. Um, 
Ready. Ready. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. Ready for anything. Yeah. And that was actually one of the uh, comedian that uh, my Dallas mentor, I have different mentors in different cities. Uh Um, That's one of the things he told me. Uh, it was um, one last story before. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Um, and that's always stuck with me when it came to comedy. Uh, I used to open up for Chingle Bling uh, back in the day. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's blown up now. He's, <laughs> yeah. But before, he didn't have a lot of knack to uh, uh, the comedy ranks. Um, so he started doing a lot of different comedy. And I started opening up for him a couple times. And um, one of my friends in Dallas, you know, he... I guess one of his comedians had dropped off and I had told him, hey, I was going to show up and support, you know, and check it out. Uh-huh. You know, hey, it's Chingo, you know. And sure enough, uh, he, I got there. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, all right, my comic dropped out. You're, you got 10 minutes. You're on in five minutes. You're, you're oh. good. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. And I, mind you, I had just started out too and I was still developing a lot of my uh-huh. jokes. So it wasn't solid. So I was just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he turned around and he's like, always be ready and then just took off on stage and so i was just like he put me to the test right there and i was just like okay and so i went up there and uh i did really well and it was that mentality after i got off is like always be ready yeah so now that's my that's my mentality and no matter where i go always be ready so i'm ready yeah very good wow (laughs) So every once in a while, uh, after having a conversation, I will say, well, this episode falls into the master class category mm-hmm. of, of episodes where somebody who's newer into comedy or probably even somebody that's experienced could take a refresher. There's been a lot of information that you've shared with us that, you know, I think anybody could learn. You know, yeah, and, definitely. From from the things that you've said. Definitely. Yeah, it's I've, I've been doing it for eight eight and a half years yeah. so I'm, i mean it's it's constant grind um i think during the duration i've taken maybe six months off <laughs> from actually not doing comedy yeah. like just living life <laughs> and not having this obsession brain um <laughs> you know saying hi to my family <laughs> and letting them know i'm still alive yeah so. well i can uh relate and empathize with the perfectionist's brain too yes so yes. that is that is a monster unto its own. Yes. I'm sorry I'm like this. I really am. I want to be friends. <laughs> that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Josh Castro. Tell us where we can find you on social media and time to promote your shows. Yes, you can find me at uh, any social media um, as far as Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at just joshingcomedy.com that is one word and all together and also have a website.com just joshing is where you can find mm-hmm. the, the handles okay, and then just it. joshing because uh, i had a hard time yes it, yeah so it's it's a little tricky and there's so many joshes i had to stick out from the I did, find them. I did find them on Instagram and Facebook, not Twitter. Yes, Twitter. I'm very. Uh, I don't have too much. I'm not. Okay. I'm not very active on Twitter. Okay. Um, I. <laughs> I might create another account for for that reason. So. And shows. 
Uh, next show is going to be February 24th. I know this is probably going to be different now with the time frame, but uh, next coming up is show, uh, 20, uh, I'm sorry, February 24th uh, with our headliner from El Paso, Texas, Ponchi Herrera, which is a very good friend of mine who's we've worked together in numerous shows, a border town comedian. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to that. We're also recording our first podcast with him on that day too, which is called Que Onda Podcast. Okay. And Que Onda Podcast is based basically a who's who of Latino comedians in the uh, comedy scene. Uh-huh. So what I'm trying to do is grab those comedians that are uh, that make moves in different cities and, and bring them out here and basically introduce people to who they are and check them out. Okay. Very cool. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. You're so busy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having <laughs> wow. me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, we hope that you've enjoyed learning about Josh Castro just as much as I have today, uh, how he's gotten to be the comedic genius and hard worker, perfectionist, and sometime family man. Sometimes. <laughs> apparently. Trying to squeeze that in. Uh, this has been Comedy Way presents Josh Castro. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank but, you, Josh. Gracias. De watch.